guys, we're in the middle of a pandemic and these are trying times. It's hard on our mental health, our mental state. And this is why I love our sponsor today, BetterHelp. They're the largest online counseling platform worldwide. They change the way people get help with facing life's challenges by providing convenient, discreet, affordable access to licensed therapists. BetterHelp makes professional counseling available anytime, anywhere, through a computer, tablet, or smartphone. It's brilliant. Sign up today. Go to betterhelp.com backslash solving healthcare and get 10% off sign up fees. Welcome to Solving Healthcare. I'm Quedro Caramante. I'm an ICU and palliative care physician here in Ottawa and the founder of Resource Optimization Network. We are on a mission to transform healthcare in Canada. I'm going to talk with physicians, nurses, administrators, patients, and their families because inefficiencies, overwork, and overcrowding affects us all. I believe it's time for a better healthcare system that's more cost-effective, dignified, and just for everyone involved. All right. Well, we might as well get started. Quadcast Nation. Yes. I am super stoked to bring to you clinical psychologist, recurrent guest, Michelle Sorensen. Um, and why is she on today? I'll tell you why. Because this is week four of our challenge. We started with nutrition, started with exercise, movement. We started with sleep, all these things to get us more fitter, more stronger, more resilient. And week four, we were talking about our mental game, man. How are we going to have that um, capacity to take on more? So this week, we talked about for a challenge, writing down three things you're grateful for each day. Set, the, set your day off in the right direction. And uh, further to, to that, especially during the pandemic, we thought, bring back Michelle Sorensen. One of my favorite episodes, actually, almost got me verklempt, by the way. Uh, talking about resilience. And so we thought we would rejig this, you know, this deep into a pandemic, almost a year into the pandemic. So Michelle, welcome back. Thank you for having me. And yeah, I think it was back in September that we spoke. So it's sort of like a lot has changed since then. And in a way, it feels like nothing's changed oh, since man. It's so true. The same stresses, right? Oh, man, it's so true. I mean, September, yeah, there was a lot of hope, too. The kids were back in school, and now we're waiting to hear if our kids will be back at school. And, uh, you know, we, we know there's a lot of people struggling out there. So we wanted to provide them with some tools to, to get through this. So, like, Michelle, how, what, first of all, tell us, like, how has business been, on, honestly, as a clinical psychologist during at least this part of the pandemic? Well, for me, there's kind of two sides. Um, as you know, I own a psychology clinic. So my own practice is quite like a lot of the same. I have a lot of long-term clients, patients um, that come and go. So many of people have come back during this time. I took on new ones when I could, but a lot of it is referring to colleagues who are still building their practices or having room to take on new people. And yeah, it's super busy. I mean, I think psychology has always been busy in Ottawa. We're blessed to have a lot of people with healthcare plans and they can access support. Um, but oh my gosh, yeah, it's so busy. And in fact, we just this month, we started an intern program 
So we have masters, people that are finishing their masters and um, doing some extra practicum hours to get experience in private practice. So that's been amazing because we can offer more sliding scale and pro bono services to people who don't have plans and the ability to access therapy. So that's actually been really, really nice. Well, that's, uh, I've got to say, I want to commend you for doing that, especially during a time where the, in my opinion, demand is ultra high. so yeah, we touched base a couple of weeks back, and you're saying like, um, you know, the, w- there's some added tools you f- you figure for people to utilize to to build some more resilience. So, talk to us about that. Yeah, I mean, I I think a lot of therapists have been thinking about, and you know, maybe sometimes a little bit struggling with the fact that when our environment is so difficult, I mean, we all have to recognize we're absolutely in trauma and we're like 10 months into trauma right it's important for people to note too how they might be feeling in the coming weeks and the next month or so because when you come up to the one-year anniversary of traumatic events a lot of people will get triggered or they'll be reliving so people actually like my family this time last year we were on a vacation so you're kind of like going through oh remember we started to hear the news and we were starting like you relive things um but yeah it's we're all definitely in trauma. And so we kind of have to recognize that, yes, there there is so much we can do to boost our resiliency, but we also have to kind of recognize the limits. So yeah, I've been kind of gathering ideas and I sent you my little worksheet, the, co- uh, the coping four C's, just to try and pull together some of the themes that I'm seeing. Um, and I've shared it with a few people who have already told me that it triggered actually my mom in particular i'm sure she'll be listening to this she listens she to better be yeah she's you our know, number one fan isn't she she's a loyal follower <laughs> yeah. um but she said that she she read through these things and i think she already does a pretty good job of coping as a senior living on her own but she she you know kind of went and did a few different things so one of them was like really looking for where you can contribute And this idea that actually like we kind of give ourselves like a little boost of, you know, happy, feel good chemicals in our brain when we do something and it helps someone else. So like my mom's example was she has a friend going through cancer treatment. So she just a book that my mom really liked, a novel, she, you know, sent it through Indigo or whatever. And then it led to the friend calling her and they had like a nice long catch up phone call. So it's like, you know, we get this kind of like a little bit of a snowball effect going, right? So yeah, like one of the C's is contribute. And it kind of goes along with what you and I talked about last time that couples nicely with the gratitudes, which is affirmations, like do something to contribute, like get takeout from a local restaurant or reach out to someone you know is having a hard time, um, support however you can, but then let yourself feel good about it. Like give yourself credit. I try all the time to like model that for my clients, like commending them, a grandmother who's really tuned into what her adult child and her grandkids are going through. And I'll say, wow, like really give yourself credit that, you know, you have so much to worry about, but you're tuning into their needs or, you know, a university student that's, you know, reaching out to someone in her life. So just like always reinforcing that idea that it's not immodest or, you know, show off to give yourself credit, like it helps you to be stronger and to keep going, you know? 
Um, so yeah, the contribute was one. And then the next is uh, connect with others. So I think even this challenge you're doing, I mean, I'm sure you're hearing from people how nice it is to connect and talk week to week together, eh? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's, uh, and like the the part I love about uh, the the challenges, you, you'll hear others just encourage each other like it's just like oh you know you lost 10 pounds or whatever and everyone's like oh way to go and congratulations and that that part I think is is the the, the unique or the part that I'm most proud of it's like it is trying to create that level of community and, and yeah. connection that's lovely and I mean I know you have so many healthcare people that follow you like not just hospital staff that have worked with you but allied health I mean I'm really worried about well, worried or concerned. I mean, so many of our allied health, like we're hearing like at the clinic when we have clients and just sort of through the community, like massage therapists, physios, chiropractors with all this, like, you know, these hip issues, pelvic floor issues from everyone sitting at home inactivity, mm-hmm. just the toll that the pandemic, many of them have been working flat out. And I mean, they do prolonged one-on-one exposure with clients yeah. wearing masks, like shout out to them. They do an amazing job, but at the same time, I think, you know, burnout is high across healthcare or it could be. So yeah, just that connection is so important. And again, for people to really be aware that connection it's key to surviving and recovering from trauma. Mm. And in fact, it's like disconnection and helplessness that are the core features of trauma. Like that is how people build up traumatic stress, right? So when we look Mm. at the toll of the pandemic, um, if we hear about suicides and overdoses, well, these things existed before, but perhaps amplified now, we don't have too much data, but there's a, a concern about that. I, you know, I would guess that most of those people, it's disconnection that is at the core. Yeah. And like the thing that makes it ultra challenging is that, you know, we're in a situation where, you know, early in the pandemic and now it's as isolating as you can be. Like yeah. you're, yeah. whether Ask you're, yeah, like, absolutely, you know, you're stay at home orders and, you know, like this is the challenge to be able to try and connect with others when you know you can't physically well there's I shouldn't say you can't there's ways of doing it but it's it's more challenging right like yeah it's not the same as it was in the summer or before this all happened so um, it's so cold like I saw some neighbors yesterday uh an older couple pulling out lawn chairs in front of like someone had come over and they were all wearing masks but there's only like three people but pulling out lawn chairs in the driveway like it was cold out, you know, but yeah, people are creative. So even that, like people, if it is allowed to go for a walk, you know, to people. Um, I mean, there's, yeah, I, I took my 14 year old out for a drive on Sunday. I'm like, this is an essential drive. 14 already. Yeah. She's 14. Oh my God. But she acknowledged that she had not been out of the house in four dates. And I'm like, this isn't healthy. And you know what? It was a great connection. Like we laughed, we talked, we, drove along the canal, um, you know, just, it was sunny and I think, yeah, a way to connect. And so even for parents who are worried about their kids now, just like a quick sidebar on that. Again, when we look at reaching out to other adults, it could be a text message or FaceTime or yeah, you know, letting them know you're thinking about them. But with kids, we kind of have to find ways to try and bring some lightness and some good memories into this time if we can. 
Um, so even I was talking with my sister who, you know, is a social worker and she does a lot of work with young people. And we were saying how like for a lot of families, finding little routines that are like rituals for the kids, so, like me and my husband with our younger couple of daughters, we do these nightly handshakes before bed. And like, it doesn't matter how tired we are or how late it is, they're coming and finding us. And like the handshakes get longer every week because they add extra like dance moves or, you know, like pow, like you, anyways. I wish they were here to show us. I'm not going to demonstrate, but just like, it makes us laugh. It makes them laugh. And, and we have to find ways to get the kids connected. So yes, they're all having a lot of screen time. It's an abnormal time now. Many of us carry guilt, but like even five minutes here and there makes you feel better as parents and it will make a difference. to the and, kids. I, and I think too, what we try and do in our house, and I'm not, I must say I'm not the best at it uh, yet, but just especially, you know, Michelle, Michelle has four children. Okay. Uh, is like giving them their own time too, like their, their own time with either parent or both parents and say, you know what, buddy, this is uh, you and daddy time. What do you want to throw down? You want to play a little Minecraft? You want to yeah. shoot the puck? You know what I mean? Like you just um, making them feel like it's, they're being seen. Um, oh, that's it. They feel special. They feel, and saying those things. So like when we talk about affirmations for ourselves, with our kids, remembering to say it all out loud, you know, compliments, we're proud of you. Or like even the other day, I had one with my 12 year old where I could see she was a little distressed last week at the end of one day of virtual school. Her teachers are doing a great job, but she said she had a lot of work. Um, anyways, I said, you know, you can let your teachers know like there. Anyways, we had a conversation about it. And the next day she was so proud because her math teacher told them, you're going to have a day off homework. Like you guys have a lot of work. And she had emailed him to say she thought they had a lot of work. So she was so proud of herself for asserting herself and communicating with the teacher. So like we made a big deal out of it. Like, yeah, you don't have to just praise the marks. It's like, wow, you emailed your teacher. You let someone know how you were feeling. And so you're right, just them feeling seen by their yeah. teachers and by us, it's huge. Yeah, especially now, man. Like, they, they're vulnerable, in my opinion. You know, they, they don't have their peers. They don't have their outlets. So, um, yeah, just be cognizant of that. Yeah, and we have to, like, yeah, really connect. And it's, again, it's so hard. Like, of course, parents are working, whether from home or out of the home. Like, you can't monitor your kids all the time. But I do worry a lot about exactly if you have a vulnerable teenager and they're online a lot, try and pop in and find out who they're talking to because mm. yeah, we're really putting our kids are really at risk in this environment in a sure. number of ways. But yeah, so any little bit of connection, I think it matters. And just even when kids are down or teenagers are feeling really down, which we're hearing a lot of them are right, like athletes have lost their sports you know, kids who maybe aren't good at academics. So school is the place they go to get laughs and to they, the teachers like them. Like every kid has losses right now and it it's for sure hard and we have to validate that, but we can never lose track of the fact that even when kids roll their eyes at you or they act like they're not hearing you, when their parents show them that they see them and appreciate, they do hear it. Again, they won't always give you that credit, right? So we have to do affirmations for ourselves, give ourselves credit, and we have to do it out loud with the kids. Love it. Love it. So you... Connection was one of them. And then what were my other C's? We talked about creativity. 
So this is something that actually you hear some great stories during the pandemic, right? Someone who took up crocheting, someone who hadn't painted in years. Like I know a doctor who has gone back into painting and loves it, you know, or um, like there's just so many stories of that. But I really encourage people, especially people who are working on changing their phone addiction, which is its own epidemic. I would say our addictions to our phones. I mean, it's just a real thing. Only getting worse. Yeah, it's so hard, right? So being creative and finding something you enjoy doing or, and it could be like a puzzle. It doesn't have to be art or crafts. Um, My husband and I, a couple of times have played Scrabble, which is like something we used to do in the early years of our marriage before we had kids. But it's, it's like mindfulness, right? You get and also hours gone by. And I even almost beat him this weekend, Quadjo. (laughs) (laughs) It's so hard to do. Oh like, my God. Um, but yeah, something creative. I I actually, this is one of my favorite ones that you brought up because the cr- couple of reasons, the creative side, that's what gets you, as you mentioned, mindfulness, get into flow. Um, and it really does bring another side to you. Uh, like that when you get to bring out that creative side, like this is, this is probably like if, if some of y'all notice, like the, the show is a, like the podcast is a bit of my creative outlet get to talk to people all different walks of life and so like you know i was on call last night you know i I was telling michelle i'm on three hours sleep but this doesn't feel like work this feels like bringing this is joy you know what i mean this is um the best one of the best parts of the day and so um to be able to have that outlet and i think there's everyone has their something but it's also a good time to think of new things like whether it's a new language, whether it's origami or solo synchronized swimming, um, like this is a, this is the time, you know what I mean? And um, and kind of t- tying in with the family because we spend so much time together. There's often ways that you could do that with the family too. Like you mentioned, um, you know, Scrabble with hubby, but you know we've been doing card games or um, sorry puzzles and, and and so forth. So like I I really I think I really like that one, the creative angle, which is not intuitive to a lot of people. Yeah, and I think. Again, just for people out there who are thinking, oh, I'm so not motivated. I can never do those things. I always say I'm going to. That just makes you a normal human being. Like we always feel resistance to something new or something we haven't done in a while. And so I always say like when you're anxious about something and you're avoiding, just approach it instead. Like don't feel like you have to tackle it. So like so many of us moms are always like, got to catch up on printing photos or making photo books. Don't tell yourself you're going to catch up on your like kid's whole childhood, like choose one vacation to document or like Christmas or, you know, something. And just, you know, at the end of an evening, if you've produced something, you have something to show for your evening. Of course, we all tend to feel better than when we've just been scrolling through the news or. Yeah. News or Twitter feed or, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's. Yeah. And it's positive reinforcement too. When you, you, at the end of the day, when you look at that creative, what you, that thing you created, it's like, Oh, I could do this. You know what? And uh, I'm maybe it's not as daunting as we think. And you just build from there. A little bit at a time. I mean, that's how I did the tip sheet is like, it was a weekend and I was thinking about things that were helping people. And I just jotted notes and then I have a really nice student who helps me and I gave it to him to make a, like he puts it in Canva to look pretty. And yeah, it it is pretty. 
it took a half hour, you know, the other thing when you say about doing stuff with the kids, it just kind of popped in my mind is I'm sure a lot of people noted that over the holidays, part of what makes kids feel better is all the change in the house. You know, a lot of us that are lucky enough to have homes, we enjoy, we get out decorations or you put up a tree and we can do that at, well, maybe not the whole tree thing, although some people are joking about doing a Valentine's tree this year. <laughs> Just keep it going. Um, okay. But I think change in the house is really great. Like if people move the furniture around, the kids will be like, whoa, you know, what's going on? But that's kind of creative too. Like mm-hmm. we need novelty and People, I mean, never mind, even people who didn't normally go for vacations, like just we've had so little change in our environments, especially since the summer. And so anything you can do to kind of mix things up a bit, which is, again, why if you take your kid out to go tobogganing or something they don't normally do, they'll feel better. But in the house, we can be creative like that, too. I like that. Nice, easy hack. Just moving furniture around. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't hurt to give to shake it up a little bit e- either. So yeah, I like early it. I like it. pandemic, both my older two daughters, they wanted to order. I think it's a trendy thing. They're like fake vines. And then they like decorate their room with them. So they have like a greenery wall and it really does look very soothing. But I have to say, I was kind of a sucker. I'm like, okay, yeah, order it on Amazon or whatever. <laughs> feel so bad for them that you're like, okay, it's 30 bucks and it'll cheer you up. But that change is good. Um, And the last one was on the tip sheet there was about calming your nervous system. And so again, here, we're kind of back to the whole idea of recognizing that we are in trauma, some more than others, some people are not necessarily feeling that. But I think most people, whether it's parents about their kids being out of school, like that feels traumatic for a lot of parents, right? I mean, we've had those moments of like, being really activated emotionally. I think I told you when they extended it a few weeks ago, I literally had a stress headache for 24 hours, you know, like it's the somatic, even though I wasn't that surprised, like it's the distress for your children. Um, And so, yeah, moving through the trauma, when we can't think our way through the trauma, we want to try and move through it. So grounding, whether it's going for a walk, doing like two minutes of yoga at home, or even just standing up um, when people feel stuck, again, get away from your screen, definitely get away from the news when your trauma is activated and do things that calm your nervous system, have a warm bath. I'm sure people who are fortunate enough to have a hot tub are totally enjoying them these days. But like, even those who don't have a, a lot, every all of us can move and like find physical ways, whether it's like hugging someone, cuddling with your pet, cuddling with your child, but you know, we really do have to kind of work through some of that physically, which again goes well with the challenge you've been working on, right? Is people mm-hmm. getting activated. Yeah, I like it too, because the way you frame it, Michelle, because it's, you know, it looks different for different people, whether that is that walk, whether it is uh, physical activity, whether it is stretching, yoga, you know, that two minute, two minute mindful meditation, whatever it might be. But uh, yeah, just uh, anything that you could do to calm that nervous system um because as you said these are some crazy times and um i i i personally i you know whatever i'm a big believer of of giving people what they the simple tools to be able to try and you know get us through this and uh, this is what i love about this so we got connection contribution can i also say oh before uh could 
I also want to say a little bit about contri- uh, contribution. Didn't touch it. that one. I think is also beautiful right now. This is a real uh, those that are in a position to help others. There's so many people in need, you know, um, in so many ways. Like with um, you know whether they lost their job or whether they've been hit hard from COVID, whether they're a small business owner. Like what a time actually right now. Uh, and and as you said, when you do that, how good does it feel? Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, connection, uh, creati- creativity and calm. I, I love it. Um, Some of the contribution, like the, that aspect of things, like when we go into lockdown again, a lot of people don't know, like some of the usual ways they would contribute, like they have a place they used to take their donations or like some of those things get interrupted. But I think if people call around, actually my nephew had a really nice project over Christmas and he collected like boots and, you know, donations to like uh, Toasty Toes that's about socks for people in need and the homeless. And, you know, the there's like a couple of spots the the outreach van that goes out to look for the homeless. They took a bunch of footwear because they can give it to people when they go out and see them like in the streets. And so there are ways to contribute to like the real vulnerable in our society. And then a lot of families, you know, are in school communities where there's a real mix, right? Like there's families who need more, more help from others And so one of the things I would put out there is like, if you know a family that you think might be in need, I think sometimes it takes courage for us to be vulnerable and reach out. You know, if there's a mom you used to talk to because your kids play together, like to text her and say, um, you know, do you guys, where I'm going through my hand-me-downs, like no pressure, but do you want any or or even, yeah, you know, someone's been out of work. Like, it's so easy for us to second guess and to think, oh, what if it looks like I'm making assumptions? But when you show up and do something, very rarely do people take offense, right? Especially at times like this. Yeah, when it comes from a good spot, man. Like, when when you're coming from a place where you're just trying to serve and help, like, it's rare that's going to be taken the wrong way. People worry about that, right? Yeah. So the thing is connection right now when we're all so socially isolated and disconnected it really I think it's sort of strange but it like it takes a lot of courage to reach out I mean I tried over holidays to let a few people including you know I emailed you and I will fully admit that after I sent it Quadro for people listening I just sent an email saying how much I appreciate the work you've done this year And that for me, it's given me hope, you know, that for a lot of people to see like this like-minded focus on community. Um, But I have to admit, after I sent it, I'm like, is that cheesy? No, it was, I was, it brought my joy to my heart. Like, as you know, we, you know, how do I put this? We, there's a lot of effort into what we're doing. And sometimes, you know, you ask yourself, is it worth putting yourself out there and being, a bit vulnerable and exposed, you know, with your viewpoints and, you know, going on on media saying like, I'm against X, Y, Z and knowing that there could be repercussions and hearing that somebody can, that is appreciating that. And, um, um, and has had some value in their life. Like I, it was, it was, I delayed responding because I'm like, I got to give some back deep. And then before you know it, it's like, Oh my God. 
But I say that just to sort of show, like demonstrate to everyone that it's very human that, well, as a psychologist, you know, the thing you know is that your negative automatic thoughts are normal because we all have them. You know, it's one of the blessings of when you're so, I'm so fortunate that people open up to me about their thoughts, but yeah, we all have those worries. And so it does take courage to reach out. And I mean, for sure, like people writing to their teeth, the teachers that are helping their kids through things. Like I've sent plenty of emails to teachers saying like, you're really making a difference for my daughter or thanks. Like, I know you've got your own kids at home. Um, and they do always say that it means a lot, but again, with healthcare providers, like just, but everyone, right. Like even, I know, I remember my accountant when I asked her how she was holding up in the spring saying, Oh my gosh, like we're helping everyone with CERB and all these different things. And so many business owners are in dire straits, like that combined with tax season being extended. She was like, so many of like our young associates are struggling. Like it's really every, many, many professions, right? So yeah, us just letting people know that we see what they're doing and we appreciate them. That's like a contribution in itself. And it's, and it feels good. And it's, and you, when you know, it brings a smile to someone's face, like you brought a smile to my face. I, I, I think it's awesome. And one thing I'll even say guys, like, Screw even texting. Just pick up the phone. I've been doing that a lot more. Like I'm gonna phone my boy Yari. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna phone my my homie Jennifer McComb out of the blue. I'm just like, hey, how you guys doing? Face, let's FaceTime families. Let's just do this. You know, like we're all bottled up at home. Like it's good to create that connection. And almost every time after it's done, you have a bit of a, a smile on your face. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, to yeah. hear someone's voice, and especially when you've got friends or older family members living on their own. Absolutely. Like I'm sure they're happy to get a text, but those people really miss, you know, phone calls and it makes a difference for sure. 100%. Anything else you want to add, uh, Michelle? I think, um, I think these were monster uh, recommendations. Uh, anything else you want to throw down? I guess the only last thing I would say is just, how much it's all interconnected. Like, I love how your challenge, you went week by week because then it's approachable for people, it's manageable, but just people recognizing and hopefully the government recognizing, like we cannot separate out physical and mental health. It's all connected. Like the things that are vital for physical health, activity, connection, sleep, nutrition, they are also essential to mental health. Like if someone tells me that they're staying up till 3 a.m. every night, like not you, not you guys who do shift work, but you know, people who just had their sleep schedule turned around because of COVID and school being out, you know, I'll say we really can't make things better until we work on that. And then the other interconnection that's just really important for people to validate is, you know, for parents and family members, like we can't separate out our health from that of our children. So Again, when we look at everything that's happening in terms of the pandemic, I mean, when some of us speak out and say we're worried about school restrictions or other restrictions, it's not because we are COVID deniers. It's because we know in a pandemic, there are no winners. Like we're all, none of us are winning here, but there are trade-offs. And so for sure right now, what I'm seeing is as children's resiliency is dipping and like young and children and teenagers are visibly showing signs of depression, anxiety, 
compulsive behaviors. You can't expect parents to have good mental health when that's happening, you know, and vice versa. If a parent is really depressed or anxious, if their business is closing or they're overwhelmed at the hospital or what have you, then kids will sense it as well. So this is why it's so important that we take one care of one another because every little change has like, you know, an effect on other people as well, right? If, if we help one person, like if a parent takes care of themselves, they'll be better able to take care of their kids. I love it. It's, it makes so much sense. We got to be able to take care of ourselves to be able to take care of our kids and, you know, it's our kids. I mean, we're going to be talking about it on tomorrow on a live cast about the effects of school closures, but you know what? Like we don't want to push our kids to the point where they, uh, they can't come back from, from this. So, um, well, yeah, put, it's a long-term trauma. it's yeah. absolutely, you know, and for sure. I mean, many people say, Oh, we're, t- they're going to build resiliency. Yes. But like at some point, many of these losses, well, for some kids, the losses are already irrecoverable, yeah. right? There will be kids who drop out of high school that would have finished you know, maybe they would have got through and um, there's so many losses, but yeah, it's, uh, it's like, these are long-term effects. Kids won't forget that they didn't go to prom, that they didn't get to experience grade nine. Like my daughter's missing grade nine, basically. Right. Mm. She had, she had every second day in the fall. It's not at all normal school. It's better than not being at school. And now it's all online. And uh, yeah, these like we have to validate for kids that these are big losses. But also, I think I'm so glad you're doing the event tomorrow so everyone can think about how we can support kids, but also really try and encourage our government to see how much our kids are hurting. Advocate for these kids, yo. No one else seems to be. You know what I mean? I can't forget about uh, we can't forget about them kids, yo. Yeah, we don't want to forget about the people in ICU, the seniors in long-term care, my goodness, like we have all been so focused on like, we, I mean, I think, I think Canadians have been incredibly focused on doing the right things. Most people are following the rules. Right. But yeah. and now I think the tide is turning where it needs to be a bit balanced and we have to look at kids too. hundred percent agree. Michelle, thank you so much for doing this. It is always a pleasure. We miss you over, uh, we miss over, like, uh, I was going to say Amita, but uh, Carlton Heights, wherever. Yeah, yeah Moffat Farm, sorry. Yeah, it was, uh, we miss our old neighbors and uh, give love to the fam. Quadcast sure. Nation, thank you for tuning in. If you want to see more, Michelle, actually, Go to solvinghealthcare.ca backslash shop. And we had our resiliency conference there, which she was throwing down how we build resilience during the pandemic. Follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, at Quadcast. You can leave any comments at quadcast99 at gmail.com. And um, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. And uh, we're going to continue to try and change that boogie, yo. For real. Stay strong. <laughs>